0: Uh, with about four minutes left, driving, uh, they were running the ball, chewing up clock. Uh, they get it to about two minutes left, but they were running a very conservative style of offense. Now Jalen Warren was getting things done; he was getting some first downs for him initially. But until they got to about midfield, and it started to stall out. Uh, and rather than going to a let's keep on the same game plan that's working for us. Let's stay aggressive. Let's try to get into the end zone or get close enough to kick a field goal so they absolutely have to kick it or score a touchdown to at least tie. They just went conservative to chew clock rather than keeping things going. I, I get that Gary probably had a lot of faith in his defense that, look, we'll, we'll just chew up as much clock as we can and um, and put the 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 faith in our defense to not allow anything to happen. But as the game was going on, Wake Forest could have gone to their wide receivers any moment that they wanted to. There was such a mismatch that was going on there that anytime that they really wanted to, they could have thrown to their wide receivers and eventually that's what they did. And that's how it worked for them. That's how it worked to get the the big drive to get down to the end zone. They thought they scored it initially. Then on review, they, the knee was down on the one yard line and they only ran those three running plays at the goal line just to chew up clock. They knew they could go to their wide receivers, they could throw it up top, and they could high point over USU's defensive secondary anytime they wanted. They just wanted to chew up clock. So yeah. frustrating the way that it ended. But that being said, I think what, what that game showed me is that Utah State can still be competitive this year. Those, they can still be a pretty good team. That there are offensive weapons at their disposal. With only two returning offensive starters, this team looks like they filled in those gaps pretty well. I think the offense did enough to win the game. I was most disappointed in the defense, which surprised me because that should have been the strength of the team coming into that matchup.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. And it is frustrating. Look, but at the same time, I look at it... and I hate to say it like this, and I'm probably going to get absolutely ostracized for it, but we got to be used to it by now, right? I mean, going to these big schools and being just one play away, one play away. If we take that third and four and convert it, that ball game is over. And then Wake Forest is only calls for one penalty all game. It comes in that final drive on a targeting hit, gives us 15 yards. Now we're definitely in field goal range. And then Jordan Love looking for Caleb Re- uh, Rep on a floater overthrows them somehow, and it's picked off by Wake Forest to end the game.
0: Uh, Well, Right, because they were already having to use their timeouts. Utah State just needed one more first
1: down. Here's the thing, and I think we're only going to say this once this year. In fact, I can almost assure you that we'll say this once this year. Jordan Love didn't make the best decisions last night. No. For three interceptions and two of them in Wake Forest territory and one of them in the end zone, Not good. You can't do that on the road against good football teams. You can't stare
0: down where you want to go. I mean, because think about
1: it. Utah State had one turnover against Boise State in last year's game in that finale. And it was the pick. And it kind of just set the floodgates open for Boise State to kind of get their motor running because they were so just stop and go inconsistent. Boise State could not get any flow or rhythm. After that pick, they picked up a little bit of rhythm and things were kind of on their way for the Broncos. It just, I mean that that pick in the end zone is just killer, Eric. I still think about that. And I'm sure, and and no one's harder on Jordan Love than than himself. No one's going to be. Uh, we didn't take the audio from it, but Gary Anderson, because there was really nothing to, that it stands out to you. But Coach Anderson talked about. He said, "Look, it's just what it is. I mean, no one's going to take be harder than on Jordan than himself." And Jordan realizes that, and but he he said. No one's more excited to get to the practice field than Jordan Love is right now. To get back on there, reset himself mentally. It's a new week, uh, and a chance to kind of regain composure, reset his feet, find his uh, footings, and again go go after Sony Brook Sea Well,
0: when he was most vulnerable to making mistakes is when he was rolling out. Yeah, and that's kind of odd to me. That that's got to be something that he can he really works on this week. Uh, it's got to be a key point of emphasis. Uh, make him roll out against Stony Brook, even if they don't. They're not putting the pressure that he has to roll out. Just roll him out so he gets comfortable with being in that position. Because some of his throws just were not on time. Uh, he didn't throw it to the right spot, so he allowed the defensive back to be in position to make a play. There were a few others that should have been picked off. He only threw three intercept only. <laughs> he threw three interceptions, but could have had a few others that got picked off. So it wasn't his best game. Uh, I do have to say that I I liked the offensive line. I thought that they gave him really pretty good protection. Uh, I thought they created some decent run gaps for the running game. Uh, Jalen Warren looked really good in his Aggie debut. One hundred forty yards. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, And uh, I thought that C.L.C. Mariner was great. Uh, Caleb Rep when they went to him looked good. So uh, War or uh, Carson Terrell uh, had uh, some plays that looked really good. So the the team has weapons. Utah State has the ability to get things done and move the ball. And I thought they played with a good pace. I just thought that the play calling. uh, Granted, we're all armchair quarterbacks here. (laughs) But I thought that play calling in the fourth quarter with four minutes to go just was really quite conservative rather than sticking with the game plan that got you there to to extend the lead and create an almost impossible situation for Wake Forest. They slowed up and gave them another opportunity. And this brings me to my next point, which is a huge point.
1: There were a ton of momentum swings throughout the whole entire course of this game, especially in the second half. You have the, I, I think Wake Forest had turned it over on a fumble, but then you had turned it over back on downs. Uh, You had the three picks from, or I guess two really costly picks from Jordan Love and then to find that third one to end the game. Uh, You stop Wake Forest on the goal line. I mean, stuff them. And you have a chance, and then you just, I mean, it was just momentum swings. And, in fact, that's what Coach Gary Anderson talks about, about those momentum swings and how it dictated the game
2: just huge momentum swings in that game where the offense would go down the field, and the next time they'd get stopped, and you're exactly right. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think we, uh, again, both both teams are going to sit back and look at themselves and say, we, we should have had more points. Um, you know, we stopped them short of the goal line a couple times, and, you know, we had, again, we had some opportunities to score more points, and if you have 600 yards, you look to say, hey, we should have more than 35 points. Blah, 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 right? All those things that come with it. But those are things that you sit down and you evaluate and you discuss. And, you know, we need to you know, we need to be better on third downs. We have both sides of the football. We need There's a lot of things that can look at. And the, the challenge is to not look at all the negatives, look at the positives. But at the end of the day, we lost the football game, which is a gigantic negative. And we need to work to see how we can find a way to close that game out.
1: That is the key. That is the theme of Utah State versus Power 5 program football. That final phrase, that that final thing of,
2: we need to work to see how we can find a way to close that game out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know how else to tell you that, man.
2: Yeah,
0: it's I, it's it's, it's I until mean, we're out, we're gonna see this same thing play out. It's
1: it's and you think of the Auburn game. <laughs> you think of the Wisconsin game?
0: Oh, it's a you healthy think list, of, right?
1: of Michigan State. You think of Wake Forest now. It's all into one, and it's all about...
2: We need to work to see how we can find a way to close that game out. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, dude, that's just true. push,
2: rewind, and play for the last seven years, and
1: that's what you're going to get. But he's right. There were a ton of momentum swings, both at their fault of Utah State and then going... Give credit to Wake Forest. I mean, really, at
0: the end, you need to give credit to Wake Forest too for making some plays, Eric. They did. They did. And then, uh, like I said, I, th- I think that if they wanted to, they probably could have gone to Surratt or Hinton more, uh, or even to Scotty Washington. I mean, they had had some significant size advantages over USU's secondary. Uh, they seemed pretty committed to the run, even though Utah State had really good run defense. Considering, um, but uh, yeah,
1: I look as frustrated as you feel right now. I think there's a guy on the defensive side of the ball who feels even more angry. A guy who had 23 tackles, a career high; three tackles for a loss, a career high; one sack, two forced fumbles in David Woodward and he talks about in fact he was at the press conference uh, podium yesterday he talked about how this loss and the way this finish was felt similar to one last year It definitely felt pretty similar to last year especially in the locker room everyone knowing that we could have won that game and we're just one play away so and then just how we responded to it too no one was hanging their head down and Everyone handled it pretty well and knowing that we can still achieve all our goals. And there's a lot of things we did good, but knowing what we can improve on. He talks about the Michigan State game in East Lansing where Utah State was one drive away from winning that baby. A defensive end made an athletic play on Jordan Love, picked it off, and ended the night for the Utah State Aggies. Uh, but he's right. This one loss is not, it didn't cost you a Mountain West championship, it has not costed you a bowl game. It's just, you're
0: 0-1. Right, it, yes. And that's the perspective that they need to have and that fans need to have. Is it really what's important is what happens in the Mountain West. But. <laughs> I know. Duh, I know. Duh, There's duh. That, uh, Yeah. But.
1: Do you remember last year, Eric, when we sat at, in in studio after the Michigan State game? And we were just exasperated. I mean, what do we do? Oh my gosh. This is, this is, the world, the sky's falling. The, the, the earth is flat. It's all, it's all coming to
0: an end. But the thing that I think is different about the game Friday to, compared to the one last year, I felt like Utah State was much more in control at Wake Forest than they were at Michigan State. There were moments against Michigan State, especially in the second half, where it was all Spartans. Had it not been for that pick six, uh, Utah State was not going to be in that game. All of a sudden, there was a pick six, and then there's another big play, and boom, boom. It was a field goal and a pick six that happened right close to each other. Then, oh, oh my gosh! All of a sudden, Utah State's back in this. The game against Wake Forest, I felt like it was more in USU's control to to win the game. Uh, and it was yes, it was kind of back and forth, but I felt like USU had better chances and better opportunity to win that game. And that's what makes it so much more frustrating is they just weren't able to close the door. Uh, But you know what? You you learn from it. You you do. You you figure out, okay, what, what can this team do for the rest of the season? Last year, it didn't hurt the Aggies. Uh, It was a, a big eye opener that, okay, we can go to a top 15 team, play them tough to the wire at their house. And then they went on to have a great season after that. The big difference here is they went to a a Power 5 school, not a ranked team, a team that's middle of the road, if lower than that even, in their own conference. Um, But Utah State is going to be facing a much tougher challenge week after week after week through this regular season compared to what they were faced last year. So uh, you, you learn a lot of lessons about a team in their first game. Uh, they make a lot of adjustments and, and key improvements from Week 1 to Week 2. a uh, difference here is that USU is going up against a lower division team, and then they have a bye week. So there's a lot of things that they can fine-tune and get better at before they're really tested again.
1: Uh, here's Coach Gary Anderson at the podium uh, yesterday in his uh, weekly presser talking about uh, that said guy of David Woodward.
2: I knew he played well, uh, watched it from the sidelines. But his stats are off the charts, and you know he had a, a sack, strip, touchdown taken away from him. Also on top of those stats, so uh, just a, a tremendous player. He'll and he'll get better when he gets in shape. You know, there was a time frame where he's not he's not obviously not in game shape with a, missing what he missed in camp. And um, tremendous, tremendous player, tremendous game. You know, he is a, a guy that will continue to work to to put him in positions to make plays and. Yeah, you know, we didn't do a lot to put Woody in special plays to make plays in that game. He's a baller. He's a playmaker. He makes a bunch of tackles. He's a very, um, he's a finishing tackler. Like well, he doesn't miss tackles very often. And so he had a tremendous game. It was great to see. And hopefully, there's a bunch more to come.
1: There will be. Don't worry, Gary. There will be. Uh, <laughs> the,
0: the, the thing I want to—it's—I don't know if Gary said anything about this, but something that I, that was frustrating through the game were some of the penalties for USU.
1: Yeah, he didn't talk about the and penalties some of them, at all. One of them, notably, cost him seven points. Yeah, the the strip sack, which was, there was no holding. By the way, if that's a holding, you should be throwing your flag every single play. <laughs> Just want to let you know.
0: And I know there were some people after the game like, really, Wake Forest only had one penalty all game, and it came late in the game. Are they, what are they doing to pay off the refs? They look, were clean. Look, this is a team that's known for playing clean football. Yeah. They don't have administrative penalties. They just, they don't. They don't have false starts. They don't have substitution errors. You know, they, this is a team that's very sound in the way that they play and they keep the way that they do things with, with without getting penalized. That's not to say, though, that there were some things that didn't get called that should have been called. Yeah, <laughs> There Thank were a couple him. holding calls that should have gone against them. Uh, there was couple. an unsportsmanlike. Yeah. Uh, the Newman should have been flagged when he Took his helmet off the way he was John and celebrating after that uh, pass late in the game that eventually got them the lead. Um, So yeah, there were some things that went against them that that they didn't get called. But USU had way too many penalties. And I think that was a big factor that the Aggies shot themselves in the foot too in this game. Besides some of the play calling or maybe the the way they were able to execute some things that the penalties were a problem for USU.
1: Uh, one person who didn't shoot himself in the foot with all the opportunities got is Jalen Warren who was at the podium yesterday Jalen Warren's final line 19 carries 143 yards uh, And one touchdown his longest run 59 yards Jalen was an absolute beast on Saturday night at BB&T field here is Jalen on getting more carries than he thought he would see
3: me and the starter we alternate series and then we just had to do a little mix-up uh, in the middle of the game and you know, knowing that, you know, can't let my teammates down. I gotta do what I can. I really didn't want to lose. But, you know, unfortunately, we did. I wanted to make sure I was um, prepared for when I did get in.
1: Certainly was prepared. He was actually phenomenal all night long. While Gerald Bratt was held to nine carries, thirty-seven yards, he also had a TD to say. Uh, Jordan Love finishes at the rushing stat line with three carries, four yards, um, and no TDs. I, uh, you know. This Warren kid, and I told you, like he he's gonna come out balling. He's my gosh, him and Bright together is just so deadly. <laughs> and it's such a pain in the end to deal. I couldn't imagine how Wake Forest how relieved Wake Forest was to see those two get on a bus and get out of here.
0: Yeah, it was a great one-two punch. Uh it was surprising that we didn't see much of Gerald Bright in yeah. the second half. Don't know why that was. Hasn't really been addressed, but Jalen Warren came on. 141 yards one touchdown that's the highest uh, first time that's ever happened for an Aggie in his debut mm. to go do something like that Mm-hmm-hmm. so uh, yeah great game for him it, it, we he showed that he's got some good ability doesn't have breakaway speed uh, he got chased down a couple different times he did. but uh, it was great to see what he was able to do uh, the two of them together what is that, 180 or 178 yards between the two of them? Mm -hmm. I'll take that every day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But he's not the only one to uh, get credit. In fact, he actually gives credit to the correct people, and that's the offensive line.
3: Fantastic. I mean, you look look at the big plays I did, you know, I did have it. The hole was, like, wide open. All you got to do, anybody could have ran through that, you know? And I give all the credit to them because – I couldn't have did what I did Friday night if it wasn't for them. And they work extremely hard. I see them every day. I notice it. Try to be around them as much as I can. Show them that you know I trust them. Hopefully, they trust me in the backfield, and you know I just hope it's rec- reciprocated.
1: Here's uh, Coach Anderson on the offensive line as well.
2: Yeah, I thought it was a positive. You know, that, that last series, obviously, you you don't want to sit and stare and always focus in on the negatives. But Jordan was running around on the last series a little bit more than we'd want him to. But, you know, I think they blocked some edge pass rushers that were good. They'll gain a lot of uh, confidence, I would hope, from that as a crew um, and individually as an offensive line. And, you know, we had some breaks in the run. Um, there were some big runs coming out of there, and on the flip side of that, we want to get better in short yardage running situations, and we need to continue to decipher and understand who we are, um, you know, as an offense. Obviously, when we got into the four-minute situation, we wanted to kind of try to pound the ball, and we had an opportunity to make a couple of plays there that we didn't make that we'll learn from, hopefully, in all positions um, to be able to finish and get that last first down and. Yeah, you, know, you get one more first down. Who knows? overall, I thought the offensive line performed well um, against a power five team that does a lot on defense. Um, there's a lot of lot of moving parts to that defense. They don't just sit there stagnant and say, "Here we are, come and get us." They uh, um, they want to move around quite a bit, and I think they have good players. So it was it was a good start. Um, again, not good enough to win the game, so it wasn't good enough. Golly,
1: Sarge. Uh No, I thought they were absolutely fantastic. In fact, was Jordan Love sacked at all?
0: Uh, um I can't I find the yes. record he was. Yeah, Basham got him once. So he was sacked just once. Yeah. So Came later in the game. He got a
1: young offensive line at a hostile environment across the country in game 1 of the season, he was sacked once. I think we can put the worry aside.
0: Yeah, I I, I really like what the offensive line was able to do. How well they stuck together. Well, well they hung in there. Against a defensive front that had some good players from Wake Forest. That they were able to provide him protection. They were able to get some good running lanes established for the running team. For uh, Warren and for Bright. So, uh, like I said, it was frustrating that they lost. Yes, but there were some real positives that we can take when we look at it. That This is a better offensive line than we thought might be. There are more weapons out there than we thought we are worried about uh, that uh, Jordan Love, when he has time and when he stands in the pocket he's he's a really good quarterback. Yeah, he did make some mistakes uh, ultimately that cost the the team opportunity to win the game, but he's still a really good quarterback that I'd still put on my team every day. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Here is Jalen Warren on how they will deal with the loss.
3: As a team it makes us hungrier. I mean, nobody wants to we can't mourn about it. Nobody likes the feeling we felt after the game. So I feel like it makes them want to, you know, go even harder so we don't have that same feeling. So it's not repeated.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. You don't want to go out and, and, and deal with a loss by going to lose another one, especially against a team like Stony Brook, which, well, I'll get into that later. But, yeah, I, I and, and the thing is, is can you actually it, – it's one thing to say, it's another thing to do it. And I know everyone's saying, well, it's Stony Brook. It's going to be a cakewalk. Ease the breaks. Stony Brook is, I mean, they're coming here with nothing to lose. They have, have if they lose, they're supposed to lose. If they win, you're in a deep 0 2 hole already. I know it's not even conference yet, but it's an ugly 0 2 hole to start the season. In fact, I, I read a stat that they haven't started. They haven't lost the first two games of a season, I think, since is it 2009? Hmm. I'll have to look at that and make sure of my notes correctly, but I believe that's it. Uh, one more hour. In fact, there's a couple more I want to play here, and we'll get into more of it. But um, I love what Jalen Warren said here about the offense, about them playing hard. This is a good cut by you, Eric. Uh, here's uh, Jalen Warren on the offense as a whole in uh, Wake Forest, uh, in the to Wake Forest.
3: I think the offense played very well. You know, we all made mistakes, but who don't? Uh, for our first game, I, it was very impressive to me. You know, the receivers played hard. O-line blocked, you know, their butts off. Us as running backs, we, you know, we ran as hard as we could. Um, Titans did their thing. I mean, and, you know, ain't much to complain about. I feel like we did what we could. And we basically left it all on the field. That's how I feel.
1: Again, uh, as Coach A says, you lost, so it. <laughs> it doesn't. Re- it all kind of gets erased away when you when you lose a football game, which is uh, again unfortunate for those guys. Again, they got uh, Stony Brook this weekend.
0: Yeah, I, I think that the offense did well enough to win. I, I thought that the defense has got to figure out what's going on in their secondary. Um, I, I, I there were some players who did not play. Would they have made a big difference Friday? Maybe. Uh, Braxton Gunther wasn't out there. Uh, he didn't participate. Don't know why, but you know there were. But by and large, the the players that we would normally see played. So, what kind of adjustments are they going to make? Are they going to move positions? Are they just going to teach better technique? I don't know. So, uh, but that that's got to get figured out, or else teams will know. Well, we're just going to throw it at your guys until you figure out a way to stop us. The crazy
1: thing is that they didn't aim for the freshman. They didn't go for the weakest link. They said, no, you know what? Oh, it's DJ Williams Jim Thorpe finalist award? Let's try it. And they went right after him. They went his direction several times and said, prove that you're that good.
0: You know what? I also have to give some credit to the Wake Forest offensive line.
1: Oh, yeah. They
0: They made it really hard for Utah State's strength of their defense defensive line to get after Newman uh they made it hard and they they had a, a little bit different way of doing their run offense their run pass option they just kind of sit back there and wait until the, a gap opens I thought Utah State did a better job as the game went on figuring that out to not give them those lanes in the middle but still they had a hard time getting through. Uh, they did have a few tackles for loss and, and were able to make some plays. I mean Jacoby Wildman had a couple. Justice Tate had one. We didn't hear his name called very much. No. So they did a, a really a nice job of trying to bottle him up. And Teepa's another one that kind of kept quiet too. Right. Yeah, that's what I just said. Oh, <laughs> the, you did? The Teepa Teepa we didn't Justice. hear his you know, the Teepa, we didn't hear his name called very much. Sorry. Um Thanks for paying attention. But I know. uh <laughs> But yeah, that defensive front for USU was held in check pretty well um, by that uh, Wake Forest offensive line. I think you have to give them credit for that. Uh, you know, Henninger got in there; he made some plays. He's a Utah transfer, um, but you know, how well do they kind of adapt from this, learn from this, and figure out different ways to attack and get after and make uncomfortable opposing teams' quarterbacks.
1: You talked about some of the guys who were thrown in there to go play this game because there are some injuries on the defensive backfield. Here's Coach Gary Anderson on that topic.
2: Uh, that's up in the air, so we'll have to see, you know, where that all lies, and uh, we'll know more in the next uh, couple days. So, right now, we're prepared with the, you know, the healthy kids that we have, and and go out and, and away we go. So, but that was that's a tough drill, you know, um, for young men to come in and play and. There's no excuses in football. They got to step up and play. We're in that spot, and they got to go battle against what was a very, very talented, I think, talented, big, strong, physical, receiving core. They look big on film, and they look bigger in pregame. So, um, and they did a nice job catching the ball, catching contested balls, made plays when they need to be. But we'll play better. We need to play better in that spot. And um, we'll challenge ourselves as coaches, and a group of young men will challenge themselves to continue to work to get better.
0: Was Cameron just not ready to play injured-wise in camp?
2: But. Yeah, um, yeah, apparently. So wasn't wasn't able to go and uh, didn't get any snaps. So hopefully we can get him back and um, get him out there this week.
1: That was Cam Haney that they were asking about there at the end of the uh, question. Uh, Eric, what is your worry on a scale of one to five, five being terrified, one saying, hey, we're going to be just fine? after only one game, where is your worry, concern, staying with this defensive backfield?
0: I think it's a fair question. I think you have to f- try to consider what other teams are gonna have wide receivers like that. Oh my gosh, they're monstrous. <laughs> so you know who what other teams will USU go up against that'll have a pair of wide receivers that'll be like that. But still that that being said, even if there aren't really that many others that will, I'm I'm at a four. Uh because that defensive secondary I think if if they wanted to throw the ball more, they could have. If they wanted to do more, uh, it was there for them. Um, so, I I'm I am nervous. I'm very concerned. All right, we're gonna take
1: a break. Coming back, we'll get into more Wake Forest, Utah State breakdown. You got more from Gary Anderson, more from David Woodward, more from Draylen, Jalen Warren as they did their weekly presser yesterday. Um, we were, of course, in Labor Day mode, so we didn't have a show. So we'll get into that more. Again, don't forget our In the Know tomorrow on Stony Brook Seawolves. We'll have a uh, unique guest from the uh, Stony Brook side to give his take on this football team and what they're bringing from upstate New York. It's Eric Franson and I'm Aj Salveson. And by the way, I was listening to you. I feel really bad that I just repeated what you just said. <laughs> I re- I feel really bad. I swear I missed it. I just didn't even hear it. Oh, that was great. Oh, my God. And like the look that you gave me was like a look of death. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, I just freaking said it. Oh, oh. my god. All right, Eric right, Francis and Ajay know Always forget, an adventure. Play, a
0: player of the week and stat that blew our mind. Hey, uh, let's, let's, when we come back, let's, uh, a little bit later on, let's do this, the player of the week and stat that blew our minds. <laughs> should, should we do that coming up?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else? Oh, wait. Oh, hey, by the way, we got our pick six results too.
0: Yeah, let's move along.
2: The new home for the full court press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
1: Oh, that's what it was. I was like, where is that coming from? Sorry, I forgot to shut off some extra music over here. Jeez. Hello, Blaster Jacks from Hideaway. Call. Oh. You know, this is all your fault, Derek. This is, going is all on. your fault. You have totally thrown me off a riff. All right? My rhythm, my flow. It was going great until you came along. And now I'm... Uh, kebobbled.
0: Kebobbled. Nice.
1: Hey, don't forget our breader, brother. brother. <laughs> I'm out. F this. I'm out. Screw it. I'm done. Don't
0: Screw this thing. We don't We're freaking out. Don't forget We're our, break. our what? We're done.
1: What? <laughs> F this holding. I hate this show.
0: Don't, I hate don't my job. do our <laughs> what? <laughs> our, our, <laughs> I can't even try. I can't even try to imitate what you just said. I don't ask you. To, I'm speaking Indian, man. <laughs> the hell
1: was that? I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, dude. Hey. The burra br- br- <laughs> 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 no. Oh. So,
1: by the way, D Lazy B, my man, D Lazy B says, Don't apologize to Eric. He most definitely said Justice TA, not Tipa.
0: Well, D- I, no, oh! no, I said Tipa Nali. We hadn't heard I've his name much. Money. And I started Bad. talking about Justice T.A. Hey. And then you said, Oh, yeah, what about Tipa Nali? <laughs> we didn't hear Tipa. You know, I'm going to trust so I had, DB Lazy I had because moved he on to the next guy. I moved on to the next guy, and you wanted to go back to the guy I just talked about before. But, you know,
1: Eric, you're getting old. It happens. You have... Some t- t- I
0: can get how you might think I uh, said the, you know, got that you mixed up. Think. Don't accuse our listeners of lying. But I want to hear more about the bruh-bruh <laughs> play of the game. <laughs> <laughs> We're we trying to give away free bread here. Yeah, from uh, Old serious? Gristmill. And if you can call in and correctly identify <laughs> what the bruh-bruh, br- 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 play of the game was from the Skyview Bobcats on Thursday. Uh, granted, I understand it's been a couple of days. We've had somebody call in and try multiple times and valiant effort for trying. She's persistent, to say the least. <laughs> but there is one specific play... That Hurricane John Newbold called out on Thursday night as the bruh bruh play of the ga- play of the game. So if you know what it is, or if you want to try to take a stab at what you think it might be, four three five seven five two one zero six
1: nine. Oh man, I uh, I need to go home today.
0: And if I said Tay-E instead of tipa, I want you to
1: apologize to me right now over the air. You, I want you to apologize to me. You and know D-Lazy what I boy. had in mind. I want you to apologize to me and uh, D Lazy Boy. What's what's my boy? Yeah, Tay-E... Uh, oh, Aaron Newhall, my man. I love Aaron. He never said Teepa.
2: Oh,
3: oh, hey,
2: baby, I got my
3: money. Hey, hey. <laughs> but <laughs> Teep,
0: I mean, what Tay-E... I feel bad for that guy. He just keeps getting injured. I know. I mean, give him credit for still getting back onto the field. Yeah. I mean, this guy's a warrior. But if that guy could stay healthy, man, what a beast. But we didn't hear, we didn't hear Justice, we didn't hear Tipa's name called much. No, we didn't. So it's not that it's an indictment against him or that defensive front for USU. Uh, yeah, I think you have to give some credit to that uh, Wake Forest offensive line. Yeah, because oh my Because the yeah. Aggies has had a hard time getting to their quarterback and making him uncomfortable, forcing him into bad decisions. And that is really what can help a secondary that is maybe a little undersized. Hurricane John Newbold sent in a message saying, hey, they may be undersized, but they need to be more physical, which is a great point. USU has had undersized corners before, but they've been good. They've been physical, and they're currently playing in the NFL. So there are ways around it. They just seemed like they were a little awestruck, and sure, were, just didn't quite know how to handle the situation.
1: Uh, well, really quickly, let's get some more audio here. Hi, uh, this is Gary, and this is kind of rewinding it back just a little bit. But I thought he said some really intriguing things, and I want Eric. I want to have you take your brain and wrap around some of the things that he says and then break it down for us what are you laughing at what, what's you still up, laughing at uh whatever that word i said was <laughs> here's gary anderson on uh on the recap of the wake forest game
2: obviously the wake forest game um you know disappointing we didn't get the win um you know it's uh first game and both both teams are going to sit back and say they had a lot of opportunities that they could have taken advantage of and all the stuff that comes with that. Um, So we'll look to improve and continue to work to grind to get better in the spots we need to get better. I thought there were some highlighted areas that were huge positives. Um, You know, David played extremely well. COC played well, Uh, made big plays for us consistently, um, which was was great to see. I thought the defensive line hung in there, uh, especially in the run game with what I think is a very talented uh, Offensive line, big, strong kids uh, from Wake Forest. I Thought we did a good job in those situations. Short yardage defense was a big positive. You know, on the flip side, short yardage offense was a negative. Um, the turnovers in critical areas of the field were, um, you know, big for us um, in a negative way. Had a big negative impact on the game. Uh, lost the turnover battle. So there's a lot of give and take, back and forth. Uh, the key is, to, you know, to uh, learn from our mistakes. Uh, focus on. Again, what we did good, and try to get that even better, and what we didn't do good enough, um, to get it better, and then get the best kids on the field to give us a chance to be able to win. You know, our pass defense has to improve. Um, you know, we don't dream of playing 105 reps in a, in a football game on defense. So that's uh, it's a bunch of reps to be able to play, um, and you're going to get that sometimes with the way we play offense. You know, when we didn't have many long sustained drives, what we did is we scored quick and. Um, or we were kind of off the field quick so it's it's not how you draw it up but uh, sometimes when you play fast and you play with pace those things are going to happen so defensively we have to be able to react to that in a positive way and you know get ourselves off the field so if we get them better on third downs there'll be a lot less reps so we need to improve on third downs but uh, you know it was uh, it was a challenging game against a quality opponent and we're a play away from making it and we need to make one of those plays in that setting against one of those power five teams on the road and, and get a victory because it's been a long long time since it's happened
1: Make that another one where you could just <laughs> take one of those plays, make it, and this whole like P five losing streak is gone. It's man, it's just the same story. I mean, I was telling somebody earlier today you talk wanted to talk to me about it, and I said, push rewind, push play. That is your <laughs> thoughts for the last six years, buddy.
0: Right. Take take whatever maybe not whatever opening game against a power five school, because USU's had some bad ones. Um but take most of the the Power Five openers on the road over the last eight years, and the vast majority of them, you'll see play out much like we saw yeah. Friday night. Wha- Chance I- to win on the road, and there's something they go conservative or they just they stop uh, playing effective football. Guys start to you know break down mentally, like what they're supposed to do, and fundamentally they make mistakes. So one of these days, you'd think they would break through. Hey,
1: one thing that stood out to me, and I didn't really notice this until I listened to the audio: a hundred and five reps for the defense.
0: Yeah, they were on Eric, the field. Come on, man! I mean, the time of possession usually isn't a stat that I pay a lot of attention to, because USU has last year they crushed teams had wide margins of victory and they were way behind in time of possession. So, it's one of those things that doesn't always tell you what how things are really going. But in a game that's uh tough defensively and an opposing team runs the ball at you a lot or throws the ball around and you're having to run around all over the place and it's a close game, time of possession can mean a lot. And Wake Forest had it 36 minutes compared to USU's oh, 23 and a half ish. So the defense was on the field a lot, and I think that was part of what kind of caused some of the problems late in the game, especially that the the eventually the you know that game winning possession that Wake Forest had. Uh, David Woodward talked a little bit about that, that the team felt a little gassed, especially him. Now, granted, he's a little bit unique. He's been in concussion protocol. It hasn't practice with the team quite as much he's had to do his own training away from other people but uh you could tell that they were getting a little gassed late and that was i think played a bit of a factor
1: yeah a little bit i felt it a little bit on the longer drives near the end but um playing our pace offense um during the, all, during the week of preparation and throughout the summer and all that type of stuff definitely gets us in shape and ready for that but yeah i was feeling a little bit on the end of the long drives Yeah, uh, you could tell. I mean, to be on the field that long, is ridiculous. In fact, when I look at the time of possessions for Utah State, ready for this? 231, minute 16, minute 42, uh, 33 seconds, and then, I'm just making sure I don't do this wrong, uh, minute 58, and then... Uh, let's see, yeah. I think as in regards to the scoring drives, that's how long they were on the field for. <laughs> Not one of those. Not one of those is over three minutes. Wake Forest, 3.06, 3.10, 2.13, 4.26. Uh, then they had the six-second one. Wow. Yeah. Uh you're I mean you're de- I mean, look it's great to be able to have a fast paced moving offense, but when you're and it's not productive at times or when it's cut I mean, you have the interceptions or whatever it is, then it gets a little exhausting on the defense. And that was the case for I mean, even someone like Woodward, and you said it's a unique situation for him based on the fact he had not practice that much, but even the rest of the defense itself and Wake Forest, uh there's humidity down there too right i mean it's pretty
0: i mean yeah you're in north carolina you're on the east coast that area is going to be more humid I mean, than it is here to make for excuses, sure but-, but
1: definitely that will wear on you i mean they talk about the altitude coming up here and how different that is
0: right so
1: uh really quickly uh one more thing that does stand out to when i when i think about this uh this game is this receiving core that catch by C.O.C. mariner balleting himself into the end zone on a beautiful tip. Oh, the, the tiptoe touchdown! Freaking break! Sports Eric. Center's top play. Yeah, well, why not? Friday night. Incredible. So here's Gary Anderson on uh, the wide receivers.
2: Yeah, CLC had a great game, and um, you know, DT. I mean, that's, that's 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 sheer speed when he got that ball. And Savon had a couple nice plays when he got the ball in his hands. Um, you know, it was good to see Caleb get involved. So we had a lot of guys catch balls and do some things, which was nice to see. And I get you have to do that in this offense. You can't just be a, you cannot just be a guy that catches it and gets two yards. You know, you've got a, you know, for instance, the one Savon did a nice job of breaking the tackle on the first one and get it out in space. And he, we got some guys that are true speed and space. And this is a gifted, gifted crew um, of skill players on offense. And um, we have a gifted quarterback. So that in turn should allow us to be very productive on the offensive side of the football. And um, I expect that to continue to grow and develop and they should have some confidence, uh, but they should not be even close to satisfied because again, we didn't do enough to win the football game.
0: So Gary Anderson there talks about how we've got some guys that have speed in space. And I totally agree with that. Tompkins and Scarver, they had a couple different plays where they had breakaway speed uh, that nobody could catch them. So, my only request would be, granted, this is only from some you know, guy that doesn't know anything on a radio show, but my only request would be that Utah State use that speed. Uh, there wasn't really hardly any times where they went vertical with these guys. I- even if it doesn't connect, you show that you have that ability and you make a def- defense worry about it or they back off. That when they see Devin Tompkins or Savon Scarver on the field, they could blow past you and use their speed. So uh, try it out a couple of times. Gosh, it might work. But Tompkins had a breakaway touchdown. Nobody could catch him, that 56-yarder. Scarver had some moments where he got away from, from guys as well and made a miss. So use that speed to your advantage. I don't think that they really used that, at least on deep vertical, let's just chuck it out there and, make him everybody run around and back off, uh, and then give Jordan Love a little bit more time in the pocket.
1: Yeah, final stats in regards to receivers. It goes as follows. Sosa Mariner, <clears throat> Mariner had eight catches, 118 yards, one touchdown. Jordan Nathan, six for 83 and a TD. Caleb Repp had five for 59. Drell Bright, four for 30. on Scarver, three for 49. Carson Terrell, three for 17. Devin Tompkins, two for 59. Jalen Warren had one catch for a yard. Uh, and Taylor Compton had one catch for no yards. So again, total would be 33 catches for 416 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, the longest was a 56-yarder to Devin Tompkins, so that's your uh, final receiver stats. And some talent there. Some talent. Yeah, a
0: lot of different guys got involved and have the ability to make things happen. Yeah. Uh, so Jordan Love has weapons in front of him, which is great. Uh, we, we learned that Friday night. Just... Continue to fine tune that and hone it.
1: All right, we got to take a break. We are way, 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 way overdue for a break, so we got to get going before we close up the second hour. Uh, we'll get you some final thoughts on the USU Wake Forest game. We'll get you ready for Stony Brook Wake Forest. Remember, tomorrow is our in the know day, so uh, make sure to tune in to the same station, same time, same people. We'll be here for you. All right, uh, coming back. We'll uh, get you more info on Utah State, and then we'll wrap up the second hour. Staten player. Oh, yeah. I forgot. We got a Staten player.
0: 435752 Correctly identify what the burra burra play of the game was for Skyview. <laughs> You'll get four lo- loaves of bread it from the old Christmas. sounds just mill. as bad
1: as what I said. <laughs> it really does sound that bad.
0: <laughs> hey, uh,
1: final thoughts on Wake Forest, Utah State? Uh, let's move on to Stony Brook. I'm, I'm like, look, it, it's a tough loss, it's gut wrenching, but we've been here, done that before, right? We've got a Stony Brook, a bye week, and then three big weeks of football with San Diego State on the road, Colorado State at home, and then in Death Valley at LSU.
0: Right. It, it's, it stings, but it provides fodder and focus for Utah State to get ready for uh, a, it's a really tough schedule this year, much more challenging than it was a year ago. And they're going to have a couple of weeks here to fine-tune that before it really gets serious. So, um, yes, a win would have been much better Utah State may not be a top 25 team, but they'd be getting votes and knocking on the door.
1: Oh, crap. We still have another break. We got to take that break, too. All right, coming back, your player and stat that blew our mind. Quickly. Very,
2: very quickly. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Mm, mm, mm.
1: Eric France and AJ Salveson here as we wrap up the second hour.
0: Don't forget to call in about the Berber. Berber. Alright, my stat that blew my mind. Yes. Top twenty five teams went twenty-four and one in the opening weekend of college football for the first time since nineteen eighty nine. When the AP wow. expanded to twenty five teams. That's a good stat. That surprises me. That's only happened that, it's for the first time since nineteen eighty nine. Clemson dominates
1: Georgia Tech. In fact, they ended Georgia Tech's streak of scoring of uh, 68 straight season opening games of allowing no more than 10 first quarter points, which was the second longest streak by a major college team since classification began in 1937. The longest? Clemson, 71 games from 37
0: to 2007. Wow. That's a streak. Uh, My player of the week, I'm giving it to Isaac Larson. He's Logan High football player. Three interceptions for 124 yards. Guy was a one-man wrecking crew for the Grizzlies. He was also a return man. He had a great game for Logan High against Preston on a field where he may be playing as a collegiate player. Utah State's already extended him an offer, and uh, boy, he, he played like he wants to be there.
1: I know it sounds lazy but I actually mean it sincerely. All my player of the week is all Mountain West teams that got to win. What a huge huge statement weekend by the Mountain West conference to beat teams from the Big 10 uh, and then SEC, you have SEC I mean 12 12 all over the place. All right, that will do it for tonight. We'll see you tomorrow in the know, Stony Brook.